Welcome to Jessica Miles, the podcast, where each week we'll discuss my experiences as a professional spiritual medium, intuitive healer, and mentor. I'll be sharing what I've learned while developing as a psychic medium and facilitator of ancient healing modalities and much, much more. You were born with this innate ability to communicate and co-create with the unseen realms of the universe. This podcast is for those on a path of self-discovery and spiritual development, seeking grounded and practical tools to feel deeply rooted into spirit. I'm your host, Jessica Miles. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Today, I'm happy to share a dear friend, Travis Day. He is on the podcast today talking about human design. Travis Day is a 1-3 splenic projector. He's also a world-traveling waterman and spiritual explorer. He is here to talk about the not-self um, as it relates to human design. It was really a fun conversation because he took me through parts of the human design chart that I had never seen before. So you kind of get a behind the scenes peek at that. I myself am a manifester, a 5-1 manifester, um, and I hope that you really enjoy this conversation. We had some Q&A, some people had sent in some questions and he was happy to answer them for you. Um, a lot of projectors and um, this is a perfect example of being in alignment and you drawing in um, the appropriate people to work with you and so he shares a little bit more on that as well about how you can live your human design this is a long episode with a lot of f-bombs I do apologize Um, Travis and I when we get together we cuss a lot So if you have any children around, maybe save this episode for another day um, because it is pretty wild. Um, But have a wonderful day and let me know what you think about this episode. Hello, Travis Day. Thank you for being here. Hello, Jessica Miles. It's my (laughs) pleasure. (laughs) Haven't seen you in so long. I know. I feel like well, we didn't see each other for a long time. And then we've just been like yeah. three times in less than a week. I feel like yeah. we're, we're all caught up from the almost six months you were away yeah. in beautiful Bali. Yep. So welcome home. Thank you. feels good. Finally. I'm actually really excited about this conversation. You had me mm. thinking about, um, the, you've been talking about the not self mm. in human design, which is something yeah. I'm not really familiar with. So I, I definitely want to dive you in. You are into that. (laughs) You are familiar with it. We're all familiar with it. Mm -hmm. Um, Human design, it's like, it's like learning another language. I always tell people like that we have our own terms and the, and uh, he he came up with these words that carry just this frequency. Um, But they're not like, it's not a foreign language to any of us. It's a, it's a, it's a lens to look at normal life. So when we say not self, all that means is when you're not being who you truly are. Mm, look in, at that. You just taught me something new today. But see, that, I, I mean, that's like, like the I easiest term. <laughs> <laughs> if you realize maybe in some part of your life, you're not fully being authentic or letting your truth out, this is the not self. And so in human design, it's so, to me, that's one of the biggest um, areas where you find transformation is seeing like, oh, human design can show you who you are, but more importantly, it, it can show you who you're not and why you may be living in those parts of yourself. 
I love that. I don't think I've really heard anyone that I've, I mean, I don't think I've ever heard anybody talk about that in human design Mm. or that be the focus. I feel like that's where you lead from, which I love because it's like, yeah, let's rediscover and amplify those parts of ourselves. Or even it's kind of like the astrology chart, right? Like I always say, let's work our chart. You know, it doesn't have to be a detriment. A lot of people are afraid of certain planets, of certain yeah. placements. And, and I don't know, I always find, I always feel like that's where like the juice and the magic is. We're very yeah. similar in, in that way. We like the darkness and mm-hmm. so much of the spiritual stuff out there is just this love and light and it's fake, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, let me be. And the problem with that is when you look at your human design chart or your astrology chart and you all of a sudden create this idea like I should be something else. Oh my God, look at my potential. Why am I not that way? I need to fix myself to get there. And now you're in the not self. Now you're in a completely uh, disempowered state. So I never use human design as a, um, a tool to show you what you can't do or what you should be. It's like you can't not live your design, whether mm-hmm. you're you know, in the light or in the darkness, it's still you. So um I love that. Yeah. I was like thinking about um, when I first, well, I think I'm trying to remember who gave me my first human design reading. I can't even remember at this point. It's been so long and it was really fascinating to me because, you know, we have all these different systems. And then when you start to realize like, holy crap, it really is sort of like written, I guess, or it is designed in a way in ourselves. And it's been, it's, it's a wonderful way to sort of reimagine, or I guess like reawaken those parts of yourself that or accept, how about that? Accept different parts of ourselves, like you were just saying, and not having to, uh, the need to sort of change it or have the desire to be something different than who you are. And I got a lot of clarity from mine and from my chart, because I was like, oh, that's why I don't finish things all the time. (laughs) You know, um, that was like something I would actually shame myself about. I was like, God, you never Mm. complete anything. You're just like on to the next thing. And, and so when I sort of, you know, was shown that part of myself, I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And now I am like, okay, I need to just move on, you know, just get what I need from it, get my inspiration, get that energy out and then pivot. Or if we want to say that word, you know, um, do we want to share a little bit, not to get too deep into all the different, you know, I don't want to have to spend all your time breaking down every single profile, but maybe you can do like a light, like a, I don't, I don't know if you can do that, but like understanding of each profile. And then I want to get into, you know, the good stuff of, I don't know. I feel like I want to talk about projector yeah. energy because that's something that you're always talking about. And we got a lot of questions about projectors. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, you know me, I can talk about uh, anything for forever when it comes to human design. Do you mean the the different types? Yes. So, so if somebody's new to human design, yeah. like what those types are. Yeah. So when, so when you first come to human design type is the thing you'll find out um, in the very beginning. So it's a very generalized idea that there's four basic types of human that you could be i think of your type as like a vehicle Mm -hmm. so when you come to this earth you get like one of four vehicles um, that we're riding around in because human design says we're not just the body we're not just the consciousness we're actually a holistic being but our consciousness is kind of riding around in these forms Um, so you get one of these four forms so we have the generator form which is like 70 percent of humanity it's the most common type Um, Not in a sense of like, they're all the same. I mean, generators are extremely unique, just like everybody else. Um, Then we have the manifester type, which is you. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they're about 9% of the population. We have the projector type, which is me, uh, which is around 20-ish percent. And then we have what we call the reflector, which are around 1%. They're the, obviously the most rare um, the most rare type. But what this type is really showing is how your aura works and the quality of your aura and the quality of your aura when you interact with other people and when you interact with the with the planet um so we can maybe let's just go through the different auras because to me this was one of the things that i resonated with immediately when i found out what a projector aura was like so the generator aura is considered open and enveloping okay open and enveloping so they have big auras they have um open auras so they can walk into a room with 10,000 people and kind of just like float in and out of of auras um but it's not personal so the generator will their your aura actually like surrounds somebody envelops them and then pulls them towards you um so it's like kind of like a warm hug if they're in a good mood if they're lit up okay then it's like ooh i really want to be around this person because they really envelop you and bring you into this this feeling of light and and um satisfaction but the generator is also enveloping the person that's standing behind them as much as they're enveloping the person in front of them so they have to be very discerning of like okay who's in my surrounding what groups do i surround myself with you know when they're in the grocery store it doesn't matter if they're looking at someone or not they're enveloping that environment so they have these big open enveloping hugging auras um, that can be very very warm well then let's go to the manifester okay manifester is pretty much well tell me about me travis this and this is jess um so this is very controversial in human design again because of the words so don't don't associate these words with what they mean in, in the way we interpret them in our society. So the manifestor aura is a closed and repelling type of aura. These are the words that Ra used, and Ra was a manifestor. Um, so what that means is that the manifestor is really here for impact. And it doesn't mean you're a repelling person. It doesn't mean you can't let anybody in. It just means that you're really here to manifest whatever comes to you cre- creatively. Roddy. Sorry. Did you get a new dog? No, I'm watching my aunt's dog. She's oh, nice. uh, yeah, she's in Palm Springs, Roddy. <laughs> hey, but he just hang, he's hanging with me. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so manifestors are just naturally impactful. So what that really says is in order for you to manifest and be attractive, you need to do your own thing. You need to get on your own train and, and you know, drive it forward. And then everybody else looks at you and is so impacted by what you're doing that they come running and they want to help you, you know, push whatever projects you have uh forward so it doesn't mean again you're not repelling you're not closed um Mm -hmm. this is just the dense impactful type of aura that you can have so think of two women one's a generator and one's a manifester and then think of the homogenized terms we use in you know what is it to be feminine you know oh you need to sit and wait for things to come to you well that's kind of the generator thing if you're a manifester it's the opposite no you need to go initiate you you know if you want something you can go out and get it you can go out and and make that thing happen so you can see just based on aura where confusion can come from thinking that we all need to be the same um a generator and a manifestor woman are going to have very different experiences of life then we get to the projector the projector has a focused penetrating and absorbing type of aura Um, and the interesting thing about the projector aura is it only works one person at a time 
And this is what I've really resonated with. When we walk into a room as a projector, we cannot split our attention between even two people. So the joke is if a projector's in a room with two people, you already have one enemy. Because as I'm looking at you, you get 100% of my attention. And the person standing next to you thinks I'm ignoring them or doesn't get access to me at all. Um, so projectors are really bad at like multitasking when it comes to having multiple things in front of them. Um, if you ever watch a projector child watch TV, you'll really get a sense of how their aura works because they are so in the television that they can't even hear what's what's happening um, around them. So this is why projectors are really here to guide because our aura is able to penetrate any other being really to their core, to their identity, and to see them in a, in a way that no one else can see them. So people either get addicted to project, projector attention because they feel so seen, or they don't want to be seen and projectors can make them feel really uncomfortable. Oh my God. You're like speaking to my household. It is <laughs> because both my son and my husband are projectors mm. and you were just tripping me out because I used to get so frustrated with Paul. I'd be like, hello, are you ignoring me? Like, I'm just in a conversation. And it's so funny that you say that. Cause I never really put those two things together, but it makes sense the way that you described it. And then yes, my son is like, so narrowed in on the thing that yeah. he's doing. Like you said, like whether it's him reading something or him yeah. watching a TV show or him being on his video game, it's like, hello, hello. Yeah. It's like, you know, you have to say it like six times and then he'll be like, it knocks him out of trance for a second. And he's like, what? Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Yeah. So, I mean, that's such a, um, a common thing, I think with projectors and non non projectors, and you can see how healing, just knowing the different types and how their aura functions can be so beneficial to everybody and how to support each other. And, oh, okay. He's not ignoring me. You know, my, um, uh, ex-partner, we would like watch a movie together and I'd be like, okay, we're going to pause it here. Get out any questions you have. Like, okay, well, is there anything you want to talk about that happened to you today? Like, you know, let's get it all out. So when we press play, like I can have silence and like actually listen to the movie because the second she says something, I'm pulled out of what's happening in front of me. And now my energy's pulled into her and we just can't split it. Um, it's really, really difficult. So projectors can feel kind of like in groups on the outside looking in. Um, and it's hard for us to take it all in at once where a generator can walk into a room and really own the room and everybody can feel them and they can kind of feel everybody. So, um, and a manifester walks into a room and everybody just turns and looks like, what are they going to do? You know, Which here comes so the funny. impact. Yeah. That's so. actually really funny. Cause I always joke with my friends. I'm like, I feel like I'm a house cat sometimes. Like I'll yeah. kind of like go around the perimeter of the room. I've actually had people come up to me and say, I've been wanting to talk to you for like yeah. months, but I was like, I wasn't sure if I should approach. And I yeah. was like, I always thought that was like more of, cause I do use a lot of psychic tools when I'm out in big mm. crowds. And so I was like, oh, maybe they're just feeling my boundary. But now that you're mm. saying, <laughs> you're saying me, I was like projecting my repelling energy without mm. even realizing it. <laughs> so the a huge thing for manifestors is they don't realize actually how impactful they are. I don't oh, think yeah. they'll ever know because you guys live inside of that aura and you can never put yourself on the outside and you have that as a protective barrier for you, you know, so you can use that to protect your energy and protect your, your aura. Other types don't get to do that. Um, mm -hmm. So, so many manifestors that I work with are very confused, especially women who are like, why don't I get approached more? You know, like, why mm -hmm. don't I feel like this fuzzy uh, generator? Um, and they're, and they're so warm inside and they're so loving and they're so giving, but they just don't realize that 
hey, you're built for impact. You're mm-hmm. built to, um, you know, your question is who and how do I impact in this world? So um, it's always yeah. funny to see, to see this like confusion in the manifesto of like, wow, I'm, I, I see the way people react to me and I don't understand, you know, because I'm not, you're not on the outside, we're on the outside. So um, I always try to get the manifesto to really own that. And, you know, you may not feel it, but just know um, from my experience that you guys are so impactful in this, what you're here for. So, oh yeah, I wrestle with that a lot. Like how much mm. do I want to be seen and when do I want to yeah. be seen? And I'll kind of like, I'll uh, dip my toe in and out of what that feels like you know um and do you feel impactful to people naturally i do and when i hear it reflected back to me like you know a a lot of times i forget what i even do for a living you know i'm not (laughs) walking around hermosa beach like handing out business cards i'm very much a mom once i leave my office yeah you know i'm i'm a mom i'm i'm a wife i'm a friend like i'm not usually sharing what i'm doing i just don't really even think about it and then when somebody approaches me then they say, Oh, you know, I worked with you and you helped me and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Oh, awesome. And it's just like, yeah, you're right. I don't realize the impact until I'm it's being shared with me. I can feel it, but when somebody says it, I'm like, Oh shoot, it's, it helped you that much. You know what I mean? You're like, okay, wonderful. Yeah. Amazing. It's, it's always good to receive those reflections for sure. Mm -hmm. I think, I think that's for everyone, not just for manifestors, but a lot of times we have a problem seeing our ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, and when we get that reflection, it's like, Ooh, okay. Yeah. That feels nice. Um, and then I'll just hit the reflector. We don't want to leave them out because they're, they're amazing. Um, but their auras are really unique. There's kind of a similarity between the reflector and the manifestor in a way, because they also have this kind of built in, um, protective mechanism, but it's not closed and impactful. It's what we call a sampling aura. So we also call it like the Teflon aura. Um, so they're very much able to kind of sample the energies of people, but where we might be like very conditioned by other people, it kind of just slides off the reflector. So whenever they're in a group, whenever they're around different people, they get to kind of sample those energies, but it doesn't stick in them. It kind of can, they can taste it and then discard it. It can kind of just slide right off. Um, so they have this, um, this protection built in as well. Um, because they're so open, you know, they have all, all their centers are open. All their chakras are, are open. I don't so. think I've ever met a reflector. Uh, have you? Yeah. Have you yeah, been, yeah. I've met, sure a, I've met with a bunch. All your readings. Yeah. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, I've, I feel like, uh, like around my sphere, even family and friends, I'm around a lot of manifesting generators, yeah. a lot of projectors. Hmm. Um, and do I know any other manifestors? I'm sure I must. I must. Um, but I don't think I've ever met a reflector. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't know. Um, well, you could start to kind of feel it. Um, but the interesting thing to kind of go back to the not self, um, is what I see in my work. It's type roulette. It doesn't matter what type you are. You want to be a different type. Oh my God. That's so true for the most part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the manifester wants to be the warm, fuzzy generator. The generator Mm -hmm. wants to be the manifester so they can initiate the projector is confused. They don't know. Do I want to be a generator? Do I want to be a manifester? And then the poor reflector gets to try to be all of them, you know, throughout the month they, they, they can change, uh, in a way. So the, the not self is so fascinating because it's always the grass is greener. It's always Mm -hmm. like, 
I'm a manifester. Why do I have to always initiate? And the generator's like, I'm a generator. Why, why do I have to sit back and wait? Like, why can't I initiate? So it's, it really is funny to, you know, it doesn't matter what your type is. Um, if when we're conditioned and, and not being authentic, we wish we were something else. Yeah. Well, it's been fun even watching you like step into like, I guess your design or like work your chart as they say, or work the energy of, of, um, I guess your energy type. I don't Mm -hmm. know how to, how to describe that, but we were talking about this the other day. I'm like, it's been really like a joy to watch you fully step into like, well, not only you teaching this and channeling this amazing information. Cause I really do believe you're just like channeling all this knowledge. And I'm always like, how the fuck do you remember this? <laughs> and I don't know, it just comes through me. Yeah. And so like finding that language, which for you is human design. Cause it, yeah. I literally feel like you just flipped a light switch on. And for me, it's like spirit communication, right? Like it was just a light switch came on. And then to see you sort of, not sort of, you did, you fell into this person. Um, cause when I met you, you were really navigating, like, who the fuck am I? Yeah. Right. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And yeah. so it's been really fun to see you step into this work and to teach it and to, um, you know, ruffle some feathers too. You know, I love that. <laughs> you taught me what you taught me. Well, <laughs> I'm a color outside the lines. <laughs> That's what I was yeah. telling my students, like be messy. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. have to be all pretty. Just be messy. Be like, take chances. And so it's, it's fun to yeah. see you, you know, step into that role. So what did that feel like to, you know, like I said, when I met you, you, you would say like, I just don't know who the fuck I am. Yeah. You know, and then now I feel like you're so centered and the the joke between you and I is like, I never feel grounded, but I do feel like you feel grounded in this. Yeah. Don't you? A hundred percent. Yeah. I was so confused of what grounded meant for so long, you know, and my, my journey is, yeah, definitely been discovery. The coolest thing for me is when you see, when I read someone's human design, I'm not telling them anything new at all. It's not like a surprise to people. Mm -hmm. Because you feel, we all know who we are deep down, you know, Mm -hmm. we really do. Um, And I did too. And I used to think I hated myself. Well, I just hated my not self. I hated like trying to be somebody else is what I really hated. But I knew deep down who I was. I just knew it didn't fit into normal society. And that was going to be an issue um, if I was trying to play the normal game. So anytime I work with someone, it's human design just, it gives you the language and it describes you in a way that you feel inside um and it's so it's so much permission to be like okay i'm right this feeling is correct it's being confirmed by this system in a way that i've never you know experienced before and it just like it just let me be me it just let me slow down for a second take a deep breath and be like okay i'm on i i'm i know i i know who i am actually um so what is it to me the discovery is i we all know who we are, but what does it feel like to be you, uh, to show up authentically, to bring your uniqueness into this homogenized world? That's where it gets scary. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where you know we really need to figure out how to navigate and how to, um, um, how to align and then how to stay in the world, live in the world, because we can't just detach from it. You know, we have to bring our medicine um, to what's happening now. Absolutely. I, I remember when I would see certain, I guess, what are they? Are they like the channels that link? Yeah. The, the chakras the, together. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, a lot of my 
development in the beginning was pure denial. I was like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that, maybe this is a fluke. Maybe there's like a weird transit that's happening in the sky and this is all going to turn off in like Mm. a month, you know? And so I remember, like you said, when I saw my first human design and actually now that I'm remembering, it wasn't even Mm. like a reading, like you and I are doing or how you would read my chart. It was, I put my, my information to like, mm-hmm. in a little data bank and it gave me these pages of information, mm-hmm. but it really was like, oh my God, this is me. Like mm-hmm. it did really feel like this unlocking. I was, I always imagine it as like these little keys that are just opening up these little doors within my body or within mm-hmm. my cells. And, um, me being in denial of my mediumship and my mm-hmm. abilities that first couple couple years, even though it was being shown to me that I couldn't deny it, I was still, I guess, what do you say? My small self or my not self was like mm-hmm. not wanting to embody that. Yeah. And I remember the the first time I saw the channel, I think it's the sacral where it meets the sacral. And I can't remember, you know, my chart, it's like yeah. the, that, that initiation or like that instinct It's probably okay. That's your, there's one that you have that my is spleen. The, in, the spleen. Good. Okay. The spleen to the throat directly mm-hmm. to the throat. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I saw that and I, and I just kind of tapped into it psychically. I was Mm. like, holy shit. I've been denying you for so many Uh, years. mm. Like I always had like a strong intuition. Like it was always there, but I could see the ways in which I denied my intuition throughout Mm. my life. And I remember sitting with that, like that little Mm. portion of my chart and it being like, okay, I can no longer deny who I am. This Mm. is, this is a huge part of my work what I meant to do and, you know, with my life and, and if we want to call it our purpose. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it was very much like, if we want to call it permission, it gave me permission yeah. to fully step into it, yeah. um, which is really fun. It's fun to see those little aspects like in your chart yeah. and to go, Oh, okay. Well, what's that there? What I did want to ask you, because this is something I'm, I'm not really familiar with is, you know, with an astrology chart, you know, the transits change and, mm-hmm. um, the planets change and, you know, whatever. And I know that a part of the human design is astrology with other different forms of um, systems, correct? Yes. Okay. So do you also read the human design chart? Like, let's say tomorrow, you're like, I'm going to look at my Mm -hmm. chart for tomorrow. Would it reflect Mm -hmm. the same as an astrology chart would? Like a transit? Yeah. 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 We definitely watch the transit. So the, one of the common misconceptions of of human design is that it it doesn't like I I know some astrologers and some people who do these other modalities can be kind of triggered by human design because it's a new thing, but it's not really mm-hmm. a new thing. He was you know the fact that he was shown how all these systems click together. So we call mm-hmm. human design a very Aquarian system because it pulls from the I Ching, it pulls from Western astrology, it pulls from the Kabbalah, um, it pulls from the Hindu Brahmin chakra systems. It's old news. He was just shown how they fit together in the most insane wow. way. It's so fucking wild. But so, so what he always says is like, this proves human, this proves astrology. This proves the I Ching. This proves like everybody has bits of the truth. And you, you know, it doesn't matter what modality you're using, there's truth in all of these things. And so that's why I love human design so much, is because it, it does put it all together. So astrology, there's some very key differences in astrology. And I think this is what triggers most astrologers is human design says astrology is missing half of the puzzle. Ooh. Half. So in human design, the time of your birth, you know, we get our astrological readout. It's in your human design chart. But he was told that your soul enters your body 88 days before you're born. 
This is when your body sends a signal out into the universe and it calls in your soul. So your soul enters the body at that time. 88 days or 88 degrees of the sun before you're born, you're imprinted, your physical body is imprinted with its own astrological readout. So in human design, you have two charts. You have your conscious chart, what we call your personality, and we have kind of the unconscious, what we call your design, so your body. So human design says, yes, we astrology is very real. It's it's everything, really. Um, and we have to take that uh, body chart and your personality chart, and they come together. And this is what fills in your human design body graph is both of these, these imprints, but we can still track the transits around the wheel. And another fascinating thing is um, human design divides the astrological wheel into the 12 constellations, but also into 64 gates of the I Ching. So if you look at a human design wheel, you'll see there's 64 divisions and 12 divisions. And what that really does is we're able to take a planetary placement pisces for an example and we can see and translate it into the physical body so you can see in pisces wow a lot of pisces lives in the emotional uh chakra um other parts of pisces lives up in in the mind okay what what type of pisces are you and where where is it going to affect um, your physical body you know a lot of aries is in the ego Mm -hmm. um so you can kind of see like where these gates of the I Ching fell into the astrological constellations. It's fascinating to watch where they land in the, in the physical body. That is crazy. Yeah. Well, I don't even know what question to ask next. <laughs> That's I'm a lot. Like, where the fuck <laughs> is all this in my mind? And I'm like thinking of this big wheel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that's incredible. So then yeah. is one side of the chart, then you would be reading from the i guess 88 days before you arrive Mm -hmm. so you'd be looking for specific markers is that what you're saying so you could look at your human design chart anything Mm -hmm. in black comes from the personality side it's what you're probably conscious of and this is why when we get an astrological reading we usually resonate deeply with it because we're conscious of it yeah anything in red in your human design chart this comes from your body side this is a body energy a physical energy and if we haven't done much work or we don't really tap into our bodies we're a lot of times we're unconscious of that. So people can be emotional and have their emotional center colored in. Well, if it's defined all unconsciously with red, they might not be consciously aware of how emotional they actually are, how their emotions are working. Okay. Now you're, you're blowing my hair back. <laughs> I need you to pull up my chart because I, okay, because I've, okay. I've always wondered why certain centers are maybe colored in green or like yellow or red. And I just didn't, you know, um, you're like freaking me out right now. This is wild. I had no idea. It's coming through for you. It's yes, it well, I'm starting like, to see like different like things in my mind and I don't know how to ask the questions because I'm not, it's, it's not a language I'm familiar with, but you're free. Like, I'm like, Oh my God, the body. Cause you know, I'm all about like the body, like healing totally. the body walking through the organs. Yeah. Um, and so that is, but so doesn't, doesn't that just make sense? This is what I love about human design is I'm not a believer by any means of anything. I'm so skeptical, you know, mm-hmm. and it has to, if I can't feel it and embody it, then I'm not sold yet. But when I have, you know, I've gone so deep into human design, it just makes sense. Yeah. Like, it just starts to make sense. And it's like, okay, I could see how this would work. You know, it's, it, it is a very logical system in a way too. Um, it's very mystical, but also very logical, which is what I like about it. It's incredible. Well, and also too, like seeing you journey through like 
if we would say pre-human design and now you yeah. like embodying all this wisdom of human design, like it's like the proof is in the pudding, like, right. Like yeah. you like discovering, you know, those yeah. parts of yourself. And that's just like, my mind is like racing right now. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, I got to see my chart. Like what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me right. to pull it up? Yes, of course. Okay. Uh, you got to let me share screen. Oh, shoot. How do I do that, Travis? Make me a host. Okay. Okay. So I click share screen. You guys, I'm learning something new today. One second. No, wait. You have okay. to click participants. Okay. So multiple participants. Okay. Wait. It says one participant can share at a time. Oh, no, no, no. Share screen. Sorry. Right? Just no, wait. Click participants. Okay. Click participants. Okay. Now see where I pop up. It, it's not, it's just showing, it just says, does it show one, you and me? No, it just says, hold on. What if I do share screen? What if I click that first? Yeah, but you have to enable me to share the screen. Oh, okay. So then I have to make yeah. you the host. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So how do I do that? <laughs> so, click, so click participants. Oh, participants. I'm sorry. I, my yeah. brain was, I was looking yeah. at a different button. I just blew your mind. I think that's I, yeah, yeah. I'm like so <laughs> frazzled right now. You caught me. You got me off my A game. Okay, so participants. Then I click on your name. Yeah, I click more. Click more, and then and make it should host. say make host. Yeah. Okay, make host. Thank God you're here. Okay. Hey, so, I, this is about as deep as I get into Zoom. <laughs> I'm so worthless on this thing. I too. should know these things because I teach like classes in the group, but I'm just like just just show up for me. Like I don't know. Just let me be my wizardry. I don't know how to do all this. That's very difficult. Okay. Oh, okay. That's wild. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was yes. seeing like the colored in centers in my mind's eye, mm. and, but I didn't, I didn't know that the different colors meant something different. Is that what you're saying? Like, so the center colors don't mean much. Okay. It's the channels, the lines, mm -hmm. the lines that come out of the centers. Those are, if they're black, they're, they come from your, the time of your birth, your personality, your con what you're conscious of. If they're red, this is more of an unconscious energy. So you can think of them like roads and tunnels. Oh, if you're standing wow. up on a hill, looking down at like a city, the black lines are gonna be roads. Mm -hmm. You can see what's on them. The red lines are gonna be tunnels. You know they're there, but you can't consciously grasp um, you know, exactly what's going on in that tunnel. So um, what you're saying energy. is, is the fun part would be awakening or accessing those red lines, like bringing them forward. Is that what you're saying? I mean, that's embodiment to me. Okay. Wonderful. I, I can, I can digest that. Like that's yeah. incredible because I can see how different parts of my life where I was denying it. And then yeah. when I hit my 40th year, I, I fully embodied, I stepped into it. Yep. So, okay. Okay. Uh, so the, the issue we have is we're taught that you're you're only your mind you have to make these mental decisions you have to figure your life out you have to plan into the future and then reverse engineer how you're going to reach these goals that you think are going to make you happy and it never works even if you reach those goals a lot of times there's still this miss this sense of oh i'm missing something here i'm unfulfilled you know the millionaire on his his yacht that's that's miserable it's like what's going on well human design is really a system that says we have to let go of the mind's need to control our life by making these mental decisions. And we have to bring that authority back to our body. Our mm -hmm. body is what is intelligent when it comes to what we're supposed to be doing for our, our own life. That's when we uh, make decisions with our body. So for me and you, it's our intuition. This is what 
rules are designed for other people it's their emotions for other people it's their sacral their gut response you know so we can see in a chart how you're supposed to make body decisions and this goes so against what we've been conditioned to do um, as kids which is everything from the mind okay so i'm seeing here on the left side the red side of the chart that says yes. your design yes. and then the opposite side of the chart says your personality yep. and the numbers are a bit different and so if i was going to because yep. i like to work my astrology chart, me personally, mm -hmm. I'm always like, Ooh, how can I work with Saturn? How can I work mm -hmm. with Pluto? How can I work? So essentially I would be wanting to, cause I see it says like 53, one for my son. I don't know if I'm asking this question appropriately, cause I'm trying yeah. to like feel into it with my body. Um, so I guess the highest expression of a 53, one would be, is that appropriate question? Sure. Okay. In yeah. cancer. Ooh, is that like today or is that like um... this is your natal chart oh. in human design i mean just seeing me as a cancer makes so much effing sense mm. i mean i know i'm a libra don't get me wrong but me you're too. both yeah so like i can i can feel like what i'm feeling in my like belly is the cancer energy which is interesting okay sorry i'm just like intuiting yeah this is great yeah. yeah i like yeah. to like bring things in like the the archetypes if we want to say that i like yeah. to bring them into my my um clairsentience mm. or my sacral and then kind of feel where where that lands <laughs> mm. I like okay to so here here's an interesting thing for you <clears throat> gate 53 is your your design sun so this is your body's kind of biggest energy in in the chart okay this is the gate of of beginnings of the energy to start something new to start a new cycle okay so these people are are starters mm -hmm. gate 42 on the other side here that would complete the channel this is the finisher energy okay so what we what would we say that we were talking about earlier yeah jess you have this energy to start a lot of things this pressure to begin a new cycle to begin a new whatever but you're not the finisher you're not the closer mm -hmm. um so anything on the opposite side of a of a gate that we don't have this is where we're meant to attract people into our lives mm -hmm. because we're always wanting that there's an electromagnetic um uh, attraction that's pulling in those other en energies but like you were talking about before like oh my god i feel so bad that i'm not a closer i feel so yeah, bad that i'm not too. finishing I everything why didn't i finish yeah. that yep. so so that now so cool. okay so let me just tell you how i work in business and see if okay. this like shows in the chart so i will like kind of throw it out into the universe like oh i'm calling in four mentorship clients for the month of may let's just say may um what happens is, is people just start sh kind of showing up. Like they're like, oh, I want to do this. I am not a salesperson by any means. I do yeah. will not be that person that is like, tell me how this makes you feel. Like, I don't do that. Like, I'm like, this is how much it costs. Like it's on my website. If it feels good yeah. for you, I'm, I'm here for you. Yeah. So, cause I know a lot of people in like the quote unquote coaching industry will try to sell their packages, yeah. right? Like yeah. I just say what I have. Yeah. I put out into the universe, how many I want. And then I'm like, and if you like it and you gravitate towards it, then you will, you'll book it. And it's, yeah. it's, it's been working for me. Don't get me. Yes. I'm like, I'm very fortunate. <laughs> <laughs> Would that be appropriate to that? Um, what is that? That's, what was that gate? 50, the, the 53, 50, 42. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. And it's in it doesn't mean the 42 is necessarily a, a salesman by any means yeah. either. But to me but what the I'm closer is what the, I mean. The yeah. closer. Yeah. To me what I hear you really saying is which I tell every client I work with, this is manifestation. And mm-hmm. you don't have to be a manifester to manifest things. We just do it in a very different way. The manifester manifests it in a way that we are kind of already familiar with because this is what we were taught, you know, and you're only 9% of the population. So it only works for 9% of people <laughs> um, to go out and manifest the things that that creatively pop into the mind. Um, but think about all of this as like an auric business card. Mm-hmm. If you're reaching, if you're trying to get those people, it's going to come from that mental decision making that I was talking about earlier. So where does that come from? I need more money. Um, I feel inadequate if I don't have 10 people in my course. Um, mm-hmm. I want more followers on Instagram so I can fix an insecurity that I have. You know, you, when I work with people who are selling their courses and they're not getting people to come in, it's so obvious to me to just get to the root of what's the real energy behind why you want this right now, mm-hmm. why you need people to sign up. Are you so in love with what you teach? Are you so in love with um, this container that you've created? Or are you wanting something out of lack? Are you wanting something out of, I need to prove myself, for example. Um, mm-hmm. So for okay. you saying like, I, this is me, I'm putting it out there. If you like it, great. If not, it's not for you. This is the energy that we need to embody in order to actually attract the the correct people into our lives and, and get the clients that are meant to be with us. You know, I've had clients where I'm like, ah, shit, I don't think this is aligned. You know, I think I may have just went and got you and I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. That's why I like to do like, you know, I just kind of put all the information on there and I say, if you want to do a clarity call, let's do that because I don't necessarily want to work with everybody either. I mean, it's a, you know, anywhere from a three to six month experience. I want to make sure that we're both like vibing one another, you know? Yeah. That's really, really cool. Okay. So you're saying there's not really any, um, meaning to let's say the red, the yellow, whatever, but obviously like I have these open centers in my, in my head and the lower half of my body. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that has meaning. Yes. Okay. Any center, any chakra that's colored in is a consistent, reliable source of energy or intuition or ego or identity that's always operating within you. It's who you are consistently. Mm-hmm. Any center that is open or white, this is inconsistent. It comes and it goes, but it's in the white centers where we can learn the most, where we can gather the most wisdom because we get to play with all the possibilities of energy in this chart. So me and you with an open emotional center an open solar plexus, we get to feel every possible um, type and quality of emotion that's out there. So we really get to learn about emotions. If you have your emotional center colored in, you only know yours. You Mm -hmm. only know your high and low, the way it works within you, the way you uh, emote in this world. So open open centers, this is where you're, you're empathic. Okay, yeah. We're the true empaths emotionally. Where you're defined, it's so fixed in it's who you are. It's one expression out of the totality of humanity. It's Jess is ego. Mm -hmm. It's Jess's intuition. You're not here to learn about that. You're here to bring that to the world. But all the open centers, this is where you're really here to learn, to meet the world, to, to attract people into our lives, to teach us things. 
Oh, wow. But we get obsessed with the open centers and we try to fix them. Oh, they're inconsistent. Oh, I have an open sacral center. I'm not a generator. I feel lazy. I feel like I can't compete uh, energetically. I feel like I need to be more productive. I need, I, you know, I don't know when enough is enough. So we, this it's in the open centers where we think we have problems and we try to fix them. And then that ruins our life. Most oh my God. That's so trippy that you just said that. Look who's psychic today. Um, because I've been like feeling into my sacral and just being like, what is this like energy that comes in? And then it's just like me, like, it's like, it almost feel, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and I where I can feel motivated and unmotivated at the same time. Mm. Yeah. That makes sense. You yeah. Know? So your the sacral is all about consistent energy every morning. So if you have your sacral colored in, you're automatically a generator. This is what makes a generator oh, a generator. Okay. So they 70% of the population have this tank of gas that they have to use every single day. Their job is to get rid of the sacral energy that they have access to all the time. We don't have that. You have one motor in your design and it's your ego. Same with me. The ego is the smallest motor and it works in these crazy bursts of, of grandiose displays of, mm -hmm. of ego energy, but then it's gone and it needs a shit ton of rest. Oh, so yeah. you need to have a life balanced more towards rest than, than you do work. Um, but your ego is going to, in periods of your life, be able to have some very impressive displays of power, but it's not going to be a consistent everyday um, type of energy like a generator has. I'm going to take that clip and I'm going to send it to my <laughs> husband because he's always like, like, listen, I'm not meant to be working like 40 hour yeah. weeks. Like I'm yeah. not, yeah. that is so interesting. Cause, um, so, okay. Something that kind of dropped in when you were talking about, um, the sacral, yeah. So do you think that that's why I like to do so much womb work because I'm trying to fill that energy? Does that, mm -hmm. does that make sense? Or like as a womb healer, Yeah. but also understanding that I don't have a lot of energy. So I limit the amount of clients mm -hmm. that I take in, uh, you know, a week in mentorships. Yeah. Like I've, I've been able to kind of navigate what feels aligned to yeah. my energy during certain seasons. Mm -hmm. Um, like, you know, teaching seasons, um, you know, student seasons, I'm full blown, like doing all of it at the same time. Right. I have like these seasons and I've been checking out the rhythm, yeah. but I'm my sacral. I feel like I'm constantly working on. Mm. And so I'm wondering if, if that's what you're saying is, am I constantly having this desire to work on it because I mm. don't feel like there's enough energy there? Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. So here's, there's a theme that we talk about that lives in every open center that you have. We call it the mm -hmm. not self theme. And this is a really easy way to know, am I trying to fix it or not? Mm. Okay. So when we make mental decisions, the mental decisions always come out of our open centers, always comes out of who we're not. When we make a decision with our body, in your case, for example, it's always going to be your intuition. Mm -hmm. You just know things. That's your decision-making mm -hmm. uh, power. So the not-self theme of an open sacral, and if you're not a generator, you have an open sacral center, um, is not knowing when enough is enough. Oh, my God. 1,000%. And for me, it was like, 
I need to be consistently productive. Mm-hmm. My work is my value. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I got to keep up. I, I can't take a nap. I feel lazy. I feel slow. Um, this was kind of the, what I was telling myself. So I didn't know when enough is enough. And we can tend to anywhere where you're open is where you can amplify. So you go out into the world, you can pull in sacral energy in your body and you can actually work harder than generators, longer than generators, more than generators. Okay. It's, it's the open people where we can amp it up to an unhealthy um, thing. So you can ask yourself, why, why do I feel like I need to do this right now? Am I feeling a lack? Oh my God. Yes. That's where my head has been lately. It's been yeah. like, like you, like you just said, was I teeter between I like my slow time, but then the voice in my head goes, no, you need to be busy. You need to be, even though my body is showing me something different. So there's always like this push and pull of energy of, like you said, not enough, which was really wild that, that retreat that we went on, that we um, had the conversation about the other day was one of the main things she said was we are enough. Like what we're doing is enough. And because a lot of mediums tend to go over yeah. Well, not just mediums, healers in general, right? Like we, yeah. we, we overextend our energy. Yeah. We don't want to say no. We like, we love to be of service. And yeah. when is it, when do we tell our bodies like, okay, this is enough. Like we've, we've served yeah. enough today, you know, and yes. I wrestle with that a lot actually. And so mm-hmm. thank you for saying that. That makes a lot of sense. I loved how you said my body is saying it's enough and my mind's telling me it's not. And mm-hmm. that's that's the key between a body decision and a mental decision. Mm-hmm. You know? um, I have it in reading sometimes. I'm doing like a two, I'm already at two hours. It's supposed to be 90 minutes and I'm like checking in. Okay, my throat's getting kind of tired. Yeah. Do I know when enough is enough or am I like overloading this poor client with way too much information because I'm excited? You know, oh, I love that. And yeah, because yeah. it is, it's true. It's like we do this dance. Like this happened to us the other day. I was like, oh my God, Travis, I didn't realize we were recording yeah. for over two hours. <laughs> we're just in our, we're just in our jam and, and so much juicy energy that I was like, what the heck? Where were we? You know, yeah. like, and so it is, it's very true. Like when I'm in that, because this is like my play, like I, I have so yeah. much fun and I, like, it feels really good to talk about these things and study these things. And yeah, I mean, I can, I, there is really no stop for me. Like I can just keep with education. Cause I just love it so much. And, yeah. and my body has always been like, bitch, slow down, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> wow, this is wild. I don't think I've ever seen or maybe you've showed it to me. Yeah. I'm just not I'm just not I, remembering. I rarely pull this up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cause this isn't this is interesting to see it in this way. And I love yeah. you know, that we were you like showed this to me because it's like, oh, okay. Like I, I can feel things being downloaded into me right now as I'm looking at it. That's mm. why I'm like just kind of taking it all in. But people who love astrology will love human design. It's just like an it's not upgraded it just shows you you get two charts to play with now yeah you know and so both of my teachers when i first started were both astrology teachers before for like mm-hmm. 20 years and they shifted into human design because it just makes more sense it, it adds that extra pe- that extra puzzle like piece in, but yeah if you know if you know astrology deeply wow you can really be great at reading human design charts because you can bring such a deeper um, aspect. You know, when I read a a chart, I'm just dipping my toe into astrology. Like I know it in the lens of human design, but I don't know um, the depth of the planets and all that kind of stuff yet. You know, that's going to come with me with time. But if you're into astrology, God, you would love human design. 
Yeah. You well, Candace was um, telling yes. me that she's now diving back into human design. Like that's mm-hmm. where her language is currently. And she's been an astrologer for many, many, many years. And, um, and yeah. so, yeah. And I love, I, like you said, I love understanding and seeing my, my chart or like my, my energy in different systems, because it is very fascinating to see how freaking aligned it is where you're like, Oh my God, like there's all these different systems that we can pull from. And some of us are more grab, like we'll gravitate towards certain systems because it's our language. Right. Um, but I do love being open to many systems because I just think it's just like another layer of going deeper. Right. Yeah. Like, holy crap. I didn't even know that you can do this within a human design chart. That's incredible. Yeah. So, so yeah. Travis, so, so then would, do you check like for myself, I'll check my astrology chart for, let's just use the eclipse as an example. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I know this eclipse is coming. Like what's coming up for me. Where, where's my body asking me to be in this moment? Do you do the same with your human design chart? Then do you like, well, okay. Like I know that there's a big shift coming or big planetary shift or whatever, do you, do you do like a daily sort of check or is it more of like, wow, look at that. So this is your transit today. Holy crap. So we can see the cool thing about human design. uh, Another, I probably said that a million times already, but when we look at transits in astrology, they're just going through the, um, the constellations, right? Mm -hmm. So they give us this very broad, interpretation of what that might mean. You could read anything in astrology in a million different ways, depending on who interprets it. When we look at the transit in human design, the planets move around the wheel, but they're moving through the 64 gates. Oh, wow. So we can see for, well, I can use myself as an example. I have gate 35 in my chart. Okay. Neptune has been in gate 36. Well, when these two energies meet, it turns on an energy within my body. So now I'm emotional and my throat's colored in when usually it's not. And it, uh, this is a quality I get to experience and I get to feel through this transit. So for two and a half years or something like that, I feeling the energy of an emotional manifester and I'm emotional mm-hmm. all of a sudden and all these different chemistries are happening within my body. So through these long period transits, I think it's fascinating to take a look at, at those. Every day, I do not pull up my transit chart. I think it's more fascinating to look back on it after the mm-hmm. fact. If you're feeling crazy or your feelings, a new energy that you're not quite sure what it is to check the transits can be really fun. Um, but it gives you such a more specific um, look into how is it affecting me and my body. Okay, uh, I'm tripping right of now. Instead these generalized terms, yeah. So I just heard as you were talking about that, they said, look at your Uranus at 44. And it's 44.1, 44.3. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. So what did that mean? The decimal points. Just what would that transit mean going through gate 44? So so Uranus is in gate two currently for the, oh, okay. I'm sorry. For the transits. Thinking... This okay. is this you have in your chart. Okay. So your nail, like these never change. Okay. These energies are what's imprinted in. So it uses the um, the imprinting theory. You know, when you're born, mm-hmm. you're imprinted with this certain energy that you carry without you throughout your life. So human design says, yeah, this is how you're designed. Is you're actually imprinted with these with these energies. So okay. you're imprinted with forty four um, in your 
uh, Uranus. And what would that, what would be the meaning of that in human design? Like what would be the translation of Uranus and gate 44? So this is where I'm not okay. hundred percent confident of, of the planetary. Give meetings. it a shot. Use your intuition. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, gate 44 is in your, in the intuitive center. Um, I don't that's, know. Yeah. That's, you know, it's wild. Uh, the reason why I'm asking you this, Travis is yeah. because remember how earlier I was saying I'll sit with different aspects of my charts or planets mm-hmm. of my chart and I'll study them in sp- is psychically. Right. Yeah. So for about a year Wait. and a half, I was working with Pluto, the planet mm-hmm. of Pluto. And that's why I was doing so much shadow work. Mm-hmm. And it was just because it came into my awareness. My guides were like, Oh, you need to understand Pluto in your chart. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, now they moved into, um, Uranus and Saturn mm-hmm. in my chart. And so they're like, you need to sit with the essence of Uranus and Saturn within your chart, because those are your teachers over the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. And so that was wild. They said, look at Uranus at 44. And I thought, uh, I, I was like, oh, what's that? And I just saw that there. Mm-hmm. So that's obviously something that I'll need to kind of feel into um, a bit yeah. more. It's like, that was just like another validation for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and gate 44, that's a number that comes in for me a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know a lot. I can tell you about the gate. Yeah, tell me about uh, gate forty four. Yeah, so into it. So in our in our spleen, it's really fascinating to see these different streams. So when we think of spleen, you have to think of the body. Mm-hmm. It's here to keep us alive. This is where our immune system lives. This is where our ancient fears of survival come from. So the spleen's all about like our survival, our physical survival. But there's different streams. So the, we have intuition, which this 57 to the 20, this is all about your intuition. Gate 57 mm-hmm. is the gate of intuitive clarity. And these are actually both your north nodes are in gate 57. Oh, wow. Uh, which would make a lot of a lot of sense with the work you're doing and what you're really leaning into now um, is your manifested intuition. When we get to gate 44, gate 44 is in the stream of instinct. So there's nuances in in the spleen, intuition, intuitive clarity, or instinct, which when I think of instinct, it's much more to do with this kind of like memory that we've embedded in in the body. And so, you know, if you touch a hot stove when you're a kid, you now know that you don't touch a hot stove anymore. This is instinct. It's pulling on a past memory and we're able to uh, make a, a decision um, based on that, you know, before our mind could even come in, we'll pull our hand off the stove, you know. Um, so gate 44 is all about this kind of like instinctual memory. Mm-hmm. Um, and what it's wanting to do is really, you know, the 26 is called the gate of the egoist. It lives in the ego. Um, these are people with a big ego. So this is half of this channel of like a natural salesman. So gate 44, you can think of as kind of like this this person who in, instinctually can manage the ego of other of other people. Mm. Um, they're very good at managing people. Um, they're very good at uh, instinctually changing, um, you know, a, a pitch or um, you know the way you communicate with somebody based on what's happening in, in the moment. Um, if that makes sense. So I have this whole channel, and what how it shows up for me is when three people stand in front of me, and I have something to say. I'm going to say it differently to each one of those people, not because I'm mentally thinking I need to change it, because instinctually in the moment, my voice and my presentation will change to meet the needs of those individual people. 
Wow. Um, it's fast. Like when I was doing that live the other day and I brought different people on, you can see my voice and my mannerisms change to meet the person, um, the stranger who I'm talking to. Oh, and I, like I don't that. even recognize I'm doing it. But after the fact, I can see like, wow, this is, you know, such a instinctual energy to kind of manipulate or, or to deliver something in a way that's really going to land with with people. Um, and this is all about capitalism. This mm -hmm. is a very tribal channel. This is all about, um, you know, ambition and, and making money and um, supporting the tribe financially. Oh, wow. This is, I'm like, my, my, I feel like I have smoke coming out of my ears <laughs> just seeing these different layers of this chart. And I'm sure yeah. it could even go even deeper and deeper, you know, it's just yeah. like fascinating. So I'm always fascinated with people who, like you said, who study and know, and like, I read astrology intuitively right? Yeah. Like I'll be drawn to a certain planet and I'll get information or whatever, or I'll see placements psychically in someone's mm. astrology chart that I don't ask for. Like, I don't have mm. a client come and say, bring your astrology chart, but it, it sometimes will come in during reading and they'll say, Oh, this person has like, I'm just gonna say a Pluto in the fourth house or whatever. Right. Mm. And because I was working with that planet for so long, that, that essence will come through to show me where this mm. person is going through, like a, maybe a deeper state of healing or whatever. Mm. Um, but I'm always so cool. fascinated by people like you, Travis, who absorb this information <laughs> and is able to, like, I'm like, what the heck this is wild. I mean, I wish you guys could see what I'm seeing right now. It's like literally like it's wild. It's just wild to me. Yeah. It's, uh, it just makes sense. In and my it does mind. for you. That's it literally it. makes yeah. sense. Like yeah. that's how, you know, when somebody's in alignment, right? Like it just flows through you. I literally feel like you are, yeah. you just channel this information with such ease. Yeah. That's what yeah. it feels like a lot of the time when things come out. Um, yeah. Well, we were talking um, the other day because um, Travis has a podcast that he's relaunching yes. and I'm excited to share <laughs> that um, uh, later this week or wait, I got to share. Wait, no, Did it's out. It's I launched now. it last night, but I haven't announced it yet. So okay, I'm going to send you. The, yeah. The I'm going to, I'm going to share, share that as well. But, um, oh my God, I lost my train of thought. Hold on. I got to call her back. Dun, Bring dun, her dun, back. That's gone. Travis. Damn it. <laughs> I got distracted. Um, but anyways, no, I, um, um, I'm loving, 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 loving your new branding and design mm. for your new pod. I think that the, I, we talked about this the other day. I think like the, even the, the artwork is very activating. Yeah. Very, very activating. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited for you to bring that out, but we'll share more about that Thank in a you. minute. I want to, um, I want to ask you some questions from, yeah. um, some, uh, some of my clients and some people from my Instagram that sent some things in, and they're, yeah. they happen to be projectors. Shocker. Oh my God. Shocker. And I didn't even tell them you were a projector. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Sorry. Let's go back to that. When you're in alignment, right? Like you're like, literally you're doing this, you know, this whole new version of, of Travis day. Yeah. Um, and you were saying that you wanted to work with like this projector energy and how funny is it? I just like yeah. put that out there. And I think like by you living in alignment, you're drawing yeah. the people close to you who are meant to work with you. It's Probably. like, you don't have to effort for it, which I think yeah. is incredible. Um, and so let me find those questions yeah. Yeah. and hopefully they make sense. Cause again, I'm, this is not my language. Okay. Um, so let's see here. Okay. We'll work so with it. we have, what was that? So we'll work with it. We'll work with it. Let's see. Okay. Projector. 
a 6-2 projector. Mm -hmm. Advice for starting a new business. Travis loves business <laughs> questions. <laughs> Don't come it. to me for business and financial advice. <laughs> I, love it, I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. Get back in there. Projector okay. six two. Advice okay. for starting a business, getting mm -hmm. started, an appropriate approach, how to be in flow. Start it. I love it. Just, Just fucking it. start it. <laughs> Just do it. This is when people ask me those types of questions, it's always um this is what I tell people. How the hell am I supposed to know? Mm-hmm. How, how there's no uh you're the only one that's going to know what's correct for you. And that's what human design does is it puts you in touch with where is your inner authority. So you don't have to trust anybody else anymore, because that's kind of the shift we're coming to is look out into the world, man, who do we trust? What's real? I don't know. We have to learn how to make those decisions for ourselves. So if I had her as a client, we would look in her design to see, okay, what center is, is dictating her decision-making? Is she emotional? Is she, um, not emotional. Is she splenic like me and you? Is she an mm -hmm. ego projector? So there's different areas in her chart that will dictate these decisions. But what I hear her really saying is like, there's a fear around starting a business as a projector. And the, you, you, there doesn't have to be. When it comes to waiting for invitations from my experience, and this may be completely off, but this is kind of what's what I'm leaning into now is no, it doesn't matter what your type is. Anybody can start something. Anybody can create something. Anybody can bring something into the world. But where projectors need to be careful is in other people we're working with. This is where if there's no invitation and you go hard sell somebody on your course or on your business offering, it's not going to go well. They're not going to want it. They're going to be pushed away. So we have to wait for invitations from other people to make sure that they recognize us for what our, our gifts are before we can work with them. So if there's excitement and passion and creativity around a project you want to do, go do it. If you're a projector, you don't have to wait for anybody. And then can you just clarify to the invitation? Um, because yeah. does that mean just sit and wait for somebody to say, Hey, I want you to start this business or yeah. is it more of like, share your wisdom, share your passion. Yeah. And that is the invitation. So there's a great analogy of, uh, projectors are like a lighthouse. Mm -hmm. um, and this came up the other day when I was talking to my first guest on my podcast, Sophia Milano, who's a reflector, who's just an amazing, amazing person. Um, but she was telling me that she had a client who was like really wanted to write a book and she's a projector. And she's like, but I have to wait for a publisher to invite me to write a book. No. And she's like, wait a second, what? publisher is going to come invite you to, you know, it's just like we, we play small. And so we can use that as a way to, um, to not express ourselves. So projectors are like a lighthouse. Every other type is like a boat out on the water. Okay. So when we come into the world, all a projector wants is recognition. We're here to be recognized. We're here to be seen. And nobody recognizes or sees us because we're trying to play the normal game of generators and manifestors. So they can't see that we have things to offer. So we get this lighthouse and think of, it's like a one story lighthouse when we're born. We get this little lighthouse, okay? And instead of working on ourselves and studying and building the lighthouse up so that we can be seen, we just, walk out of this one story lighthouse door and we go 
get on a paddle board or we're swimming and we're trying to chase the energy types to tell them that we can help guide them somewhere. Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah, you're literally drowning in the water. Sorry, I'm in my boat. I'll see you later. <laughs> you know, like I don't have time for you. So the projector, there's three things we can kind of ask ourselves when we're attracting invitations. Number one, do I really love what I'm doing? And this goes for every type, doesn't matter if you're a projector or not, because a lot of people do something because they're wanting to get an outcome and they don't really love it. They think it's uh, uh, going to bring them money or going to bring them love or going to fix their insecurities, you know, whatever. So do I really honestly love it? Would I do it if I wasn't getting paid for it? Number two, am I focused on it? So projectors have extremely focused, penetrating auras. So where our attention goes, that's really where we're going to attract the most um, attention. Uh, uh, from other people and recognition from other people. So am I focused on it? And number three, which I think this is going to answer your question is, can I be seen doing it? And this is where we can get very creative. And this is why, you know, if you're a projector, you have to have some outlet where people can see you being authentically you, can see you, you know, if you're a writer, post some of your work online, you know, if you're, um, like me, I just started sharing about human design because I was so in love with it. And I started to get invitations around, hey, can you do a reading? And I'm like, I don't do reading, sorry. And then it's like, oh, actually, okay, let me try to do a reading, you know? Mm -hmm. So can you be seen? And this is where projectors play so small because they don't want to be seen. And then they're wondering why no invitations are coming. Well, how the heck is someone going to invite you if you're still a tiny, tiny little lighthouse that they can't even see? Ooh, dang. Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> And that was me. I know that from my personal experience. Hey, everybody, look at me, love me, invite mm -hmm. me, give me money. And it just pushes everybody away. So we really have to focus and study something that we love and master something that we love. So someone can say, oh my God, that projector has something of value that they can offer me. Now I'm going to invite them. Which is again, going back to like being your friend and then seeing you literally blossom into this, you know, this reader, because you, I could feel, I could literally feel your passion about what you're talking about yeah. and your excitement about what you're talking about. And I think in that was the invitation, right? Cause you're just sharing, right. You're like, Oh, I have this information and people are like, Oh, tell me about my chart, right. That there's your invitation. Right. And it's just yeah. like, like you said, just getting out there. Can you tell me what is a six, two? Cause she says she's a yeah. six, two projector. What does that mean? Yeah. So if you look at your chart, everything you're looking at is kind of like your auric business card. You know, when you're a manifester, when you walk into a room, you may think you're a house cat, but you're impacting everybody regardless, mm -hmm. because this is what you're putting out into the world. So when you look at your chart, your channels and your centers, people feel this from you energetically. Then there's another aspect of human design we call profile. And that's what she's talking about. She's a 6'2 profile. And this is more of like your personality or how people see you kind of on the the physical uh, interaction in a way. So you can think of it more like your character where your chart energy is like your characteristics, your profile is kind of like your character, kind of like the costume you're wearing. Mm -hmm. um, so these two numbers tell a story about how you know other people perceive you um, on this kind of personality level. So the six is what we call the role model, um, and the two is what we call the hermit. Mm. The first number comes from your personality, what you're conscious of. The second number comes from the body, what we may be unconscious of. Um, so this is really like profile is so cool because you can really, um, you'll resonate with your profile so, so deeply. Um, it, it's, 
shocking how accurate it is. And you can see your bonding strategy, how you like to date people, you know, how you like to interact with people. Um, so the six is this kind of role model. Um, they go through these very uh, significant life stages. We all kind of do, but it's very amplified for the six. So from zero to 30, this is the trial and error process. This is where they get messy. This is where they bump into stuff. This is where they figure out what doesn't work for them. Then after 30, they climb up on the roof is kind of what we say, and they take a retreat and they're like, holy shit, what happened those first 30 years? I need to sit up on this roof and really take it in and really kind of discover what it means for me from a more pulled out perspective, from a more distanced perspective. So from zero to 50, they can kind of slow down a bit. They can want a family all of a the sudden. They can want more a stable career all of a sudden. So they really kind of change and, and slow down. After 50, they re-engage with life. They get back off the roof and they really start to embottle this role model energy where people kind of look up to them. People take what they say, um, you know, with a lot of weight um, and they can kind of embody this, this bird's eye view of what this existence really means. Okay. Wow. That's incredible. I know, Cause I know the person that sent this in and it's so mm. accurate to what she's, what I know her to be and what she's kind of navigating. Mm. Um, and then back to me, what's five one. Yes. Yes. Okay. The five and this word. Oh my God. This is so fitting. Okay. But we, what about me? Yes. yes, yes. (laughs) The five is what we call um, the heretic, the savior, the general. Um, The five is what we call a stranger of consequence. So some numbers, for example, the four, the four is the networker. The four needs trust. The four needs to build a network of of trusted colleagues and and people who are very close to them. Um, And this is where their opportunities come from. The five is very different. The five says you live in a projection field. And whenever a stranger meets you, they are projecting onto you maybe unconsciously, maybe consciously, that you're going to be able to fix something. With mm. They're, they're going to get something from you. You're going to be the medium that, that cures my life or that like, you know, really inspires me or, or you're the person. That's it. You're going to be the shit. And it always starts positive. Mm-hmm. So fives, you can take that for what it is. You're always having these positive projections put on you. The issue can be that some of these projections can be so far off from who you are. It's just a projection from another person. So you really have to be careful if you're a five of what projections are correct for me to step into and to fulfill and to help and to save and which ones are amiss, which ones are not correct for me um, to fulfill. That makes so much sense because I'm always like teetering between I don't know if I've ever told you this, but whenever I feel a client, well, and there are, I've, have, I've been really fortunate. I have amazing clients, but whenever I feel that sort of projected, like, like you said, like you are, you, you are the reason why I am X, Y, Z. I like to return it back to them. Like, no, I'm just holding space for you. Like, yeah. right. Yeah. But if I feel that sort of, I want to say guru or like, you know, that, that mm-hmm. energy I retract. And I, I'm like, no, no, no. Let me, let me like, yeah, like refer you out because I don't want to, it's, that's interesting. I don't know how, I don't Mm. know if I'm explaining that correctly, but that feeling that comes to my body is like that, that savior energy. I I'm very careful with, if that makes sense. I'm always like, I have my eye on it. 
100%. And that's very, so fives, when they're in not self and they've, you know, grown up not knowing this, why that energy is there, they can actually become very mistrusting of people or Mm -hmm. very much like, what do they want from me? I know everybody wants something from me. What is it that they want? So you can kind of get into this like, "Mm, I don't really know if I want that from these people anymore. Um, So yeah, you can have this kind of like, uh, you know, it can feel like, wow, I have a lot of influence. Mm -hmm. Wow, there's a lot of expectations that people have of me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do need to be very careful with that. Yeah, because I've only had to do have this, that sort of, tough conversation with two mm. clients in my career. And I've done, I've done it with love, but what I've said yeah. is, you know, I thank you for, you know, saying these things. However, I never want to disempower you. Yeah. And so if I ever felt a client sort of tell me what to do, tell me what to do, tell me what yeah. to do. I'm like, no, that's not my job. My job is not yeah. to tell you what to do. My job is to help guide you towards your own light or your own oh. lighthouse. If you want to say that, cause that's actually funny. You say mm. that term. Cause my guides used to say, be the lighthouse. Don't mm. go out trying to save everybody. Yes. in their light, you know? Um, okay. And so then the yeah. one, which is like the investigators all right up my alley. Yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like, so I resonate with both of them, but, but that's just like, yep. when I saw that I was an investigator, I'm like, no wonder <laughs> we get deep. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much sums up the one it's like, uh, like when you were talking on my podcast about all the modalities and all the trainings and all, mm-hmm. like I could, st- I could go to school for the rest of my life yes. and have an amazing time. You know, we just love to deep dive into information. The funny thing about the one that resonated deeply with me is there's insecurity that's built into it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're the one is the ground floor. We're the bottom of this hexagram where these numbers come from. So we're here to establish a solid foundation through the things that we study and through the things that we learn and through this knowledge. So when we don't have a solid foundation, we can feel very insecure. We can have imposter syndrome. We can see like, mm-hmm. I need more information, you know, but it's there to keep us studying, to keep us going deeper. We go deeper than anybody else does when it comes to the, the, the information. Oh, I, I love that you just said that because my guides would sort of impress on me of like, yes, you can continue to learn, but is it, is it keeping you yes. in a way that says, but I don't know enough. So I don't, yes. I can't teach it yet. And yes. so that, that was like the balance that I had to sort of figure out when I was first, you know, doing mm-hmm. offerings. Cause it was, there was that sort of doubt that was like, I, yeah. who am I to teach this? Yes. And, you know, spirit would be like, it's, it's us. <laughs> You're the conduit, <laughs> but my head or my insecurity was like, I'm just a baby coming out of the womb, you know, like, yeah. um, and so, yeah, that's wonderful. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Thank that's you. such a one energy. And I always tell my ones, and it's really, this is a message message to myself consistently is we may think we don't know enough about a situation or a, a modality or uh, information. We don't give ourselves credit for how deep we go because mm-hmm. it comes so natural to us. So we may yeah. think like, I don't know much about this, but we probably know like 90% more than most, most people do. Um, so we yeah. need to give ourselves credit for our, our study and, and for what we, what we know, but well, we have to feel secure. Yeah. And for me, I find I'm really excited to learn and investigate the things that I like that, like light me up. But if you told me to go study, yeah. you know, I don't know what, like, Let's just say math because I hate math, right? Yeah. I'd be like, gosh, yeah. you know what I mean? It's it's yep. just like there's that, that that there's that contraction in the body, but like yeah. this stuff, these like this mystical stuff, like yeah. 
I can just be in it all day, every day. Like I let, I literally have to tell myself, okay, get back in, you know, get back into the real world for a second. But I just, <laughs> I could be there forever and just take in so much information. Same. Um, I think I sent you this chart because I'm, I'm wondering if you'll understand the question, mm -hmm. if you see the chart, because she didn't, I think what happened is when she submitted the question, it, it fully, it kind of cut it off. Um, okay. so she wrote, she's also a six, two projector. <laughs> We got some sure. see yeah. it's so interesting for me to look at the themes of of who comes into my life because there's such um consistent themes always yeah which i yeah oh, okay. i always say that too even when my readings like i'll get a like a um uh like let's say i i'm going to use mediumship as an example like mm -hmm. i'll work with people and then all of a sudden it's like there's a lot of spirits coming through that have passed from cancer or they have loved uh, ones who have cancer. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, so you kind of see like the themes of the, the clients um, being yeah. reflected either back to you or around you. Yeah. Um, okay. So she wrote, well, she sent her chart. I think I texted it to you. Yeah. I'm looking at it. Because I feel like I can't stick with anything, whether it be mm -hmm. work, love, or just life. It sounds like she's trying to embody her six, two projector aura. The way she worded it does that make sense to the question like versus yeah. I yeah. feel like I can't stick with anything whether it be work love or my life yeah um I don't know that's kind of a broad question to me what's coming up intuitively is you haven't found the right things mm-hmm what if you don't want to stick with something, there's a reason why you don't want to stick with it. I mean, this mm -hmm. was like, I projectors classically are the ones that have like a million different weird jobs that they've done. Oh, really? Yes. So like we usually jump from thing to thing, trying to find our way in this world, but we're not embodying who we are yet. We're just think like, oh, the next career is going to be my thing. And then, oh, shocker, it's not. Oh, the next relationship is going to be my thing. Shocker, it's not because you haven't embodied what it is to be a projector. And mm -hmm. this is where people get into such trouble with human design is they start to think, I can't stick to anything. Oh, I'm a 6'2 projector. That's why. Oh, I can't have a long-term relationship. I'm a 1'3. That's, that's why. You know, so we start to play this victimization mm -hmm. role in our chart, which that's not what it's here for people. Yeah, like, no, it no, doesn't no. matter who you are. There's a shadow and a light to anything that you have colored in or not colored in. So for her, I think where we go wrong is looking for information to fix our life instead of embodying what's my truth inside. What does it feel like to be a projector? She probably doesn't even know that. You know, mm -hmm. um, and if you don't know what it is to be a projector, then you're not attracting the right jobs that you're going to want to stick with. You're not attracting the right um, partners into your life that are going to see you for who you are and have a long, fulfilling relationship. So I always bring people, don't go too deep in the beginning. Get what is it to be a projector? I am in it three over three years and I'm still discovering what a projector means mm -hmm. for me. I'm not lost in my incarnation cross or these other deeper layers, which are so fascinating. Like if it's interesting, cool. But if you're not aligned to your basic type and how your aura functions, this is manifestation. This is how we bring all that magical stuff into our life. I don't have to know shit about my chart. Mm -hmm. All I have to know is that I'm a fucking projector. You know, that that's it. That will bring you the opportunities um, that are going to be fulfilling. And then you start to live your design naturally. There's no nothing that you need to do. And I think that's another issue with people is like when we look at our chart, 
how do I get that? How do I be that? You're already that. It's mm -hmm. already in you. You don't have a choice. It's you. Mm -hmm. You got to get out of your own way and let your frequency start to attract those things that you're going to want to stick with in your life. So don't ever use your chart or your profile or whatever as an, as an excuse to play the victim. Or like as a detriment. I love that you just said totally. that because I was um, at a, um, I think it was actually at the retreat my brain's a little foggy where it happened from, but I remember somebody was basically saying like, I, like, I'm trying to learn how to be a manifester. And I love that you just said that like, no, you already are. <laughs> yeah. It's incredible. Yes. You have to unlearn how to be a generator. You have to unlearn how to be a manifesting generator. You have to, un you know, it's all about unlearning um, the limitations and the expectations and, you know, all the things we think are going to fix us. That's what you got to get rid of. You don't have to do anything to be who you are because it's it you don't have a choice it's just built into you <laughs> well i hope you'll be teaching oh yeah teaching this yes i'm yes. teaching this yes more teaching wanna, is coming do you want to do you want to talk about your podcast first of all let's talk about the name yes neutrino sees uh, we can get deep in how deep do you want to go i mean how did you <laughs> come up with that name because it's very yeah. powerful. It's a name that Ra used a lot. I think it was actually one of his, uh, he was a musician and I think it was one of his albums. He even called Neutrino Seas, poss mm -hmm. possibly, I'm not exactly sure. But the first scientific thing that was ever substantiated in human design was he was told in his revelation experience that neutrinos, which is like the smallest subatomic particle that we have, they, it was first thought that these neutrino particles traveled at the speed of light and didn't carry any mass. He was told that neutrinos actually carry a small amount of mass. And what that would mean is that as we're being flooded with millions of these things in every square inch of our body at every second, that there's an exchange taking place. You know, when a, when a white car and a red car bump into each other, the white car leaves a little white paint and the mm -hmm. red car leaves a little, you know, there's an exchange of information. So he was told that this is what consciousness is, is that we're actually filtering this neutrino feed that's moving through the universe, that's moving through the solar system. Well, he would call it the biverse because he is a, a, a dualist. So to me, that just, again, it made so much sense. It's like, yeah. oh, we all filter this information a little bit differently. And this is what makes us all unique. And this is what our consciousness is. So the neutrino really um, was the first thing, I think it was like years later, maybe eight or so years later, this, there was a scientific discovery that neutrinos actually have mass. And that was the first time he was like, oh shit, okay. You know? He's like, wow, I, I channeled something pretty powerful there. <laughs> there was the first, the first <laughs> scientific discovery. Uh, yeah, that's kind of substantiated his, what, one of his, uh, his visions. So to me, neutrino seas, I'm such a water guy. I'm such mm -hmm. a surfer, you know? I mean, he used to wear a hat that would say sailing neutrino seas. And I was like, well, what about surfing neutrino seas and diving mm -hmm. neutrino seas? So it's just this kind of beautiful, mystical, um, uh, energy that combines this, like, I'm an explorer of consciousness in my design. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm here for. And I'm also a water man. And it kind of put those two things together in such a beautiful way. I've always resonated with that. Well, yeah. And you think of the ocean, I, I always feel like it's a, a, a one, like it's another world 
Totally. Um, and sometimes the spirit world will show me, obviously we have the ocean, which we know of on our planet, but they'll show me the ocean of consciousness or like mm. that world above, if I want to put it in like a human perspective, mm. like the worlds within worlds within worlds and the consciousness within those worlds. And it's a beautiful name. And I'm really proud of you. It's really exciting oh, thank you. because I, you know, when we were talking about it, you were like, I just don't feel like I connect with my old podcast anymore. And I'm like, no, yeah. it's like a beautiful re rebirth. And so yeah. congratulations on launching your new podcast Yes, thank you. and, you know, stepping into this beautiful career uh, with your human design. And I want you to go ahead and just share where everybody can get in touch with you, you know, with your offerings and yeah. your potential classes and all your lives and all the stuff, all the good stuff. Yeah, well, thank you, first of all, for the guidance. And, um, you know, ever since we connected years ago, you've always been someone that I really look up to and, and um, who has just helped me along my journey so much. So it was, it was really your guidance. It didn't take long for me to realize like, oh, okay, I need a rebirth. I need to rebrand. I am starting to connect with this in a, in a whole different way. So thank you for guiding me always. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can connect with me on Instagram at travis.day, um, or you can head to my website, neutrinoseas.com, and new, look at, you can look up how to spell neutrinos. It's N-E-U-T-R-I-N-O-Cs.com. That's where you can find me. Yeah, and that new cover art is... Ah, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's so it's good. Yeah. It is so good. You guys have to check it out. It is so That's good. Beautiful. When I saw it, I was like, that is it. And you did such a beautiful job. I love, you <laughs> know, you. the the grid or, you know, the chart with the rainbow, like all of yeah. that. It was just like you were channeling something really beautiful. So congratulations yeah. on that. And thank you. I'm going to get off here and listen to it later today when my daughter's uh, in church. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I've already had great feedback from our conversation. So um, and I haven't announced it yet. So yeah, that's a good oh, sign. Oh, shoot. Well, here yeah. we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Formally stupid, beautiful. Yes. Formally stupid, beautiful. But yeah, yeah. I always like was um, um, the other day I was like, I wonder if it's up yet. And you hadn't, you hadn't had it up yet. So I just typed in your name to see if you, I didn't know if mm. you're going to do two separate ones or whatever. And I'm like, doesn't have mm. it up yet, but now it's ready. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. It's such well, a good shift. And it was so funny because even that word like stupid felt like it just didn't feel like me anymore. I'm not split in, in the middle as, no, I, I, as much I as I was. I love that you said yeah. that because I agree. Like, I feel like with that, that split that you were talking about, I'm like, yeah, isn't that interesting how we don't, how we feel like we don't connect with something the way that we once did. And, and yeah. I think that when we give ourselves permission to allow that shedding and, you know, walking through that next doorway without any attachment to what was before. Yeah such incredible things can happen because so often we want to yeah. hold on to the, our old life or those old parts of ourselves. Maybe it's old friends, old jobs. And yeah. let this be like your permission to know that like when we step into change and step through the fear, there's so much amazing possibility on the other side. Yeah. And, and it's been incredible. And I loved your, your, your previous yeah. podcast. It was incredible. Yeah. And so Thank I know you. that this one's going to be fire as well. So yes. congratulations. Thank you so much. Yay. Yeah. Thank you, Jess. Love you. Well, I look forward to having you on here again very, very soon. Yeah. And you'll have to come back on mine for sure. We got so much to talk about. I so. know. I feel like we could talk for hours and hours and hours. And <laughs> yeah. <Yeah>, we do. <laughs> and we do. Yes, we do. All right, my friend. Yeah. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I look forward to hearing from you. Please share your comments with me on Instagram at people call me Jess. 
Your continued support means the world to me. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Plus, share this episode with a friend or loved one that you feel would benefit from today's conversation. Thank you for listening.